Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, Satellite Sisters. We're excited to announce our new weekly newsletter, Pep Talk. That's right. It's happening. A little pep talk in your inbox on Fridays starting in August. Every issue will be short and sweet with podcast highlights, our recommendations for books, TVs, and films that are going to keep you entertained, plus recipes and other, you know, tidbits. And of course, there'll be a little pep talk because we all need that right now, don't we? It's the perfect newsletter to enjoy and then share with your satellite sisters and misters. You can find sign-up links all over the place, on our social media, on our website, on our Facebook, on our Instagram. We would love to have you sign up for Pep Talk now. Thanks. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer. And today I'm going to talk to you about my uh, new decorating for the holiday strategy. So join me, won't you, Liz and Julie? Join me. <laughs> That's nice to know, Leanne. Well, you'll just have to send pictures of that around to everyone because obviously you don't have a lot of people coming over for the holidays, but it's for you. Keep, keep hope alive. Keep the holiday spirit alive. I was actually watching something on TV last night where I thought, I think that's Leanne's street. You know, I think I, you see your street a lot on TV. I forget what yes. show it was. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, hey, yeah, this is Liz. Uh, I'm in Santa Monica in my second bedroom here with uh, with Hooper. Um, hanging out, doing okay. Just just do, We're just doing our thing here. How about you, Julie? Well, I'm, uh, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister, and I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm an empty nester. Uh, I was an urban nana, but now my, my crew has moved to the suburbs, so I guess I'm a suburban nana. But oh. lately, I've been lost in a sports time-space continuum, because <laughs> oh. last night, the Dallas Stars lost the Stanley Cup, and the French Open is on, and all the players are cold and wet and wearing tights so i'm a little it's unbalanced it's confusing it's very confusing so but the, well you know it's not confusing i'm happy to be with you sisters oh <laughs> thank you joy all right coming up later on in the show cookbook author claire tansy is here claire has been with us before her cookbook uncomplicated was super popular with the satellite sisterhood and misterhood so she's back with her new cookbook dinner uncopulated uncopulated wow what? that is quite a twist for her <laughs> oh my gosh dinner uncomplicated <laughs> don't don't that oh leon <laughs> stop okay i don't know what's happening um but we anyway. definitely need it we need help in that area leon because I, I for one am so sick of cooking dinner i am yes. so sick of it okay yeah. i just 
same old recipe, not, not of cooking dinner, but of the same recipes. We need something new and exciting. Yes, I think it divides into two, uh, two groups. You and I, Julie, have been cooking dinner for decades. So yeah. we didn't just discover cooking in April, like Liz, you know? Yeah. So Liz, you're still- It's, it's all new to me. Oh, this is a revelation to me. <laughs> cooking dinner every night. Yeah, got nothing else to do. So I'm enjoying it. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk to Claire later on. Stay with me if we can make it through. Hey, we have the winners of our Sat Sisters Look What I Did contest to announce at the end. Julie, this was a great idea from you. You, This, this well, was fantastic. I, I mean, this was just the best contest ever. It has been delightful looking at all the posts, both on Facebook and on Instagram. Thank you all so much for all of your entries. That really just, it brightened our days, didn't it? Yes. Did. What yeah. a what a lift. It was a true emotional lift. Thank you to everyone. It's amazing what you've been out there doing, big and small. Yeah, really inspiring. Uh, we also have some Satellite Sisters entertainment recommendations coming up. And then Julie um, and Liz watched that new documentary, The Social Dilemma, that everyone's talking about and that I'm scared to watch. So you guys are going to tell me about it so I don't have to watch it and feel terrible about my life. Um, but first, OK, let's talk about my unbridled holiday decor strategy. Uh, <laughs> unbridled? I just think this is the year, Julie. Why okay. not decorate? Because really, no one's going anywhere. You're really not having a lot of people over. You're not supposed to, at least where we live. You yeah. know. So what else are you going to be doing? I feel like holiday decor is a gift you can give the world. You know, you can do the front of your house. You can do inside your house. You just have to go for it this year. Like if you ever have considered an inflatable, see, <laughs> this is the year, Joel. Don't you? Okay, think? okay, Leanne, I'm listening. I'm okay. listening, and I and I kind of under understand like why hold back? Okay, why right? hold back? Mm-hmm. Why it's all it's all in the boxes there in your garage. Get them out. You've got gobs of time between don't, the yeah, NBA don't finals. Don't be tasteful. Don't be tasteful. <laughs> just go for it. Well, it's interesting you should say that because I was explaining this our strategy to my husband this weekend. We could finally work outside because it wasn't a million degrees or smoky. So we're outside. I'm like, I'm going to roll out into fall slowly. Okay, so we have to change the decorative flags. Let's just go with the fall theme. The first Uh couple weeks of October will be fall. Okay, we're celebrating (laughs) fall. And then we're going to move into Halloween. Then Uh we're going to switch back to fall harvest and then oh. we move into thanksgiving and then we swap out for christmas like that's okay. that's okay. The i mean i mean move over martha stewart your calendar is much more uh, ambitious than what she's got on her monthly calendar yeah yeah so, i'm curious brand wise what the difference is between fall and fall harvest um, well, i'm looking forward to knowing more about hey, that hey bales liz come on <laughs> Yeah, pilgrims, turkeys, Liz. You just okay. you definitely commit more to the Thanksgiving idea. And again, for us, a lot as you've mentioned in the past, or, you know, it goes down to our decorative flags. So yeah. we have fall flags, and then we have Thanksgiving flags. So okay. that's that's how we distinguish it. And then I'll add just more yellows and oranges as we move okay. into the Thanksgiving time. Yeah. So I, I set up the fall. I get the mums. I get the gourds. I'm out there. I'm buying stuff. Get the, it's all it's all happening. And my husband, he's got big, he's got like, you know, his electrical thing on. And uh, I can tell he's like wiring and doing lighting. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I just thought I'd do some lighting in the front. I was like, well, this is exciting. You know, like we never really done lighting for fall. And of course, 
I have orange strings of lights and purple strings of lights, right? We we own those for for our thing, for our Halloween extravaganza. Uh-huh. So at the end of the day, I look out. I've got all the fall palette going, and I look at the front tree. I said, "You put blue lights on the tree." <laughs> <laughs> That's not oh. the fall palette. Not oh, the fall palette. Not the fall palette is. is. Your husband is colorblind, right, Leanne? He's colorblind. And he, yeah. and he doesn't know the difference between all <laughs> yeah. Leanne. And so, well, I liked it. I wanted to give him that. Like, did you, I think I said, did you know those are blue lights on the tree? That's how I framed it. And he said, yeah, I thought those would be, I said, what message are you sending? I was, is this a, is this a political message? That- that's I didn't a good know. Question, That's it sounds like me in a marketing meeting, Leon, when I'm dealing with like actual employees. Like, so, um, so what are you going for here? Is a good way to to not be too negative in the way you pose the question. <laughs> so then he said, "Well, I thought it'd be good for Halloween." I was like, "Halloween? That is not." First of all, you're way ahead of the calendar. I described to you Halloween doesn't come until the last week of October. It just. And then he turned them on Saturday night. I'm like, well, this is a real mess for me. I'm not enjoying the blue lights. <laughs> but he, you know, he he does the lighting. So yeah. I he does a yeah. fine job most other times. So if you're driving by your house and you're like, what are those blue lights? I don't know. I don't know what they are. <laughs> I think but, most people are going to assume they have some very deep meaning. And you should yeah. just go with it, Leanne. Right? Yeah. Right. So that's 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 what's happening at our house. That's the unbridled holiday decor. And do you expect that he'll be changing the color of the lighting as the seasons change or? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, he'll change. Oh, Christmas. He does the yeah, the Christmas lighting he's big on. So, oh, yeah, yeah I think yeah. he'll I think he'll change. Actually, apparently, if he thinks blue is a Halloween color, I can't imagine <laughs> what he thinks is a Thanksgiving color. <laughs> How about some music, Leon? <laughs> It'd be good out there. Oh, well, you know, we have the projections and everything. So yeah. it's coming. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, we may, we may. Who, I have Colin on my team this year. So he has some good audio visual skills. So we may, yeah. even if there are no trick or treaters. Yeah. <laughs> this could be the year for fake snow too. So don't rule that out. Because <laughs> really the only, in Southern California, the only way we know what time of year it is, is these kind of color cues and fake things that we're doing. Because uh-huh. otherwise the weather pretty much stays the same or, right. or just gets right. hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to the photo essay that will follow, <laughs> you know, 2020 uh, fourth quarter. That's going to be good. That's, and I like the fact that you're, you're using your exterior just to cheer people up, Leanne. It's, yeah. a, it's a pick-me-up. It's a pep talk. You're doing yes. a visual pep talk for your people. I like it. I like the Thank commitment. <laughs> okay. I have something else that could really pep you up, people. And it's actual good news about aging, which you just don't hear very often, right? Because just yeah, we're even skeptical, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, this was an article from uh, Fast Company Magazine, Julie. And um, basically, the idea here is, you know how old people today don't seem as old as the ones you met like 20 or 30 years ago? Do you ever think about that? Like, hmm, I can't believe I'm my age. And when I 30 years ago, people my age seemed a lot older. Did you ever wonder if it's just you or if it's true? Because I did. Yeah. And here's the good news. It's true. Yes. Uh we, we are aging better. So a new study in Finland found that today's older people have notably higher physical 
and cognitive capabilities. The second part was important to me because I seem to have spent most of the pandemic uh, looking for things. And that is, <laughs> considering I hardly ever leave the house, that was a worry, but okay. So hundreds of Finlanders aged 75 to 80 were given a battery of physical and cognitive tests 30 years ago. And then they did the same thing again with a bunch in the same age cohort um, now. And it showed the modern group showed substantial differences. So walking speeds, like 0.4 meters faster, grip strengths were stronger, knee extension strengths were much higher, like wow. up to 47% these, higher. These are pretty low bars, though. <laughs> these, are, these are depressing. Okay. All right. But also better verbal. <laughs> that's food. all, like if I can still do a knee extension, then I'm... <laughs> Well, you just got to start with the basics, Julie. If you can't do a knee extension, you're screwed, right? right? And if you if you can't walk, I mean, you of all people, walking speed is sort of your brand. Yes. Right. So, right. You know, if you felt like your walking speed was declining, that would be a major sign. But mm -hmm. also, um, this age group now has better verbal fluency, reasoning, and working memory. So okay. old people are actually younger than they used to be. So, so I think that's great. No, uh, yeah. And good news for us. Now, two caveats here, I would say, first of all, is that these are Finlanders and, yes. you know, those, you know, we talked about them. They're out there outside all yeah. the time, you know, that they, whole, mm -hmm. that whole Scandinavian region. Yeah. Are we, are, are they aging in a different way than we are? Maybe. I would, I would believe the average Finlander might, be, might have better knee extension strength, Julie, than the average American, right? <laughs> okay. so, so that's just something to think about. But the other thing to think about, the point they make in the story, is what, what we need to get used to is not being better older, but what's actually happening is that midlife is being extent, extended. We are middle-aged longer, what used mm. to be associated with middle age, which, you know, if you had said that to me 20 years ago, that would have bummed me out. Now, I think that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I'm closer to the alternative, I still don't even like the fact that I can get into grocery stores early. I am not <laughs> even really admitting that to myself. So we're going to be middle-aged longer, and I am totally cool with that. So that's my, that's my good news about aging. Okay. All right, Liz. I, I, I think we'll take that to heart. Well, you know, I wanted to uh, bring up uh, something that's getting a lot of discussion, and that's Netflix. It's their new, newly released documentary uh, called The Social Dilemma. Now, Liz, you've seen this, right? Yes, I have. A and Lee and you haven't, but you're going to see it soon. But this is a hybrid documentary. It's it's half documentary, half drama. It's about an hour and a half, and it examines various ways that social media and social networking companies have manipulated human psychology uh, to uh, rewire the brain, okay, which is mm -hmm. nice, isn't it? So it's this, the documentary is told through a, a series of interviews with engineers and exept, um, executives. And also then there's this scripted drama about an American family that is essentially falling apart because of social media, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, what I, what I found, I mean, there were a couple of takeaways for me and Liz, I'll be interested to hear what your takeaways are that number one, 
that only a handful of people, and this does not include Mark Zuckerberg, really know what's going on. That's one of the clear messages coming through this. There, there's a handful of engineers, programmers that really understand the dynamic of what's going on. All of us users, all many executives that are in this field don't really comprehend the power of, of things that are going on. They had one engineer describe it and he said, okay, picture your brain, then picture a phone, and then picture a computer, okay? The computer is getting smarter every day through artificial intelligence. Every day it's getting smarter. Your brain is not. And at <laughs> some point, this is not a good dynamic, okay? Mm -hmm. So that was pretty powerful. Um, I think, you know, it's a really, be prepared after watching this. Liz, did you feel the urge to deactivate your entire social media accounts from uh, after watching this? Yeah, I was especially ashamed at the fact that I was on social media most of the time that I was watching it, you know, just sort of <laughs> things up. I'm sure I'm not alone that like most of the time I'm watching TV now, I do have a second screen all fired up. So that's not good. So yeah, right. you definitely want to disconnect. But the flip side, Julie, is that they say that what makes these social networks so strong is that humans have a biological imperative to connect. So, right. which I think we've always known in Satellite Sisters, right? We right. always say, stay connected. So they are, we want to connect, but we think these networks are connecting us in the way we want, with the people we want, with the information we want. But that's not really what they're doing. It says they're not designed to give you what you want. They are just designed to take you down a rabbit hole of something. Right. And you can definitely see that if you just look at your own behavior. Yeah. They're kind of guiding you around by the nose more than you are likely to admit. Right. I think so. That part of it is eye opening. And some of it is you feel like they're interviewing Lee these engineers, these executives, some of whom are sitting in what look like uh, lovely uh, um, you know, homes and things like that, talking about the ills of social media. And I was like, well, now they feel guilty now that yeah, they've exploited us, you know, but it really did break down how social media companies take advantage of users, especially teenagers yeah. through any number, you know, through the notification function on their phones. Mm -hmm. And as you know, as it is now well documented, this leads to can lead to more anxiety, more depression. Uh, and it's really a very serious issue for it. Yeah. So. The, you know, the family drama part of the of the documentary was a little hokey, Liz, but I think it but yeah, yeah. but it did make some really powerful points. Uh, all of the engineers towards the end of this documentary were asked, well, do they let their kids use, um, you know, uh, uh, devices and they're all like, uh, uh, no, 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 we don't, we don't let any of our kids use devices or, you know, they're, they're only get it one hour a day. So it was, you know, they were in their own lives. They don't, you know, they don't allow the people that are in their family to get hooked on this social media. So, yeah. uh, so it is very thought provoking. There are no answers in this uh, documentary. It doesn't provide any solutions, but it does make you really stop and think about how you're using social media and, uh, you know, how much time you're spending on it. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's well worth watching.
Yeah, I think so too. And a lot of it is about you think you're getting what you want, but you're really being manipulated by them to like take you down these rabbit holes or sell you something. And also I think, you know, we all think like, well, our network is our people and we're getting to connect. And obviously we love social media. We love the Satellite Sisters Facebook group and and all of that. But I think people make assumptions. At one point they had one of the experts say that, like everyone thinks that everyone is seeing the same things. So the people in your group are all seeing the same things, but you're not, you're all seeing something different and because they know everything about you and they're pushing different things your way. So it's the way they put it in the, in the documentary, they said, it's not like one big Truman show where there's, there's this whole fake drama going on. We're getting 2.7 billion separate Truman shows. So, and I've noticed that even when people say, well, I posted it on Facebook. Didn't you see it? Well, no, because t- people are assuming that all their friends see everything they post, which is just at the simplest level. You should know that has never been true. <laughs> so it's not right. you think you think of it as a bulletin board for stuff you want people to know. And at the very least, you need to accept that's not what it exists for and that's not what it's doing. So I thought that was interesting. And at the very end, they said it's not really the phone that's the existential threat. It's the ability of the phone to bring out the worst in yeah. society. So yeah, <laughs> right. so there's as oh, wow. that part about that. Yeah, yeah, it's that these yeah, that the the machine is getting smarter, you're and we're not, you know. Yeah. So at some yeah. point that's not a good dynamic. Yeah. Right. So so, so that, but, I make the point at the end, Leon, that I mean there have to be some laws and some regulations about privacy and all of these things that are going on in these black boxes, but we've never done that. People those you know, a handful of people in the world are just allowed to do whatever they want. And so there's probably a way to rein this in, and that's what we have to figure out. It was very thought provoking. Mm-hmm. So this is uh the social dilemma and it's on Netflix. And uh yeah, I would check it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, excellent, excellent recap. That's good. I think that's all I need right now. I, I don't. I don't. We're know not trying to shoot you into any particular behavior, Leah. Me neither. Like I, I, I didn't really like delete everything from my phone, even though now I know I should. So oh, that's, I, I definitely turned off a lot of no- notifications. Oh, I had already turned off all my notifications. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, you gotta yes, you have to limit the notifications or just turn them off entirely. Um, good news at Satellite Sisters, we've never done really almost anything with any of the information we've ever gathered from you. So <laughs> there's absolutely no data mining going on at Satellite Sisters. No, no. So, so I'm just happy to I, have you. We're not we're not trying to lead you anywhere. It's just <laughs> just want people to you know stay connected. All right. Uh, Coming up, we're going to be speaking with Claire Tanzi. She's the author of Dinner Uncomplicated and a Dinner Evangelist. So we're going to talk to her about what should we make for dinner. Uh, But first, we'd like to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. 
That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. We're excited to welcome back to Satellite Sisters, Claire Tanzi, cookbook author and happy publication day, Claire, because Dinner Uncomplicated is out. You've done it. You've launched a new cookbook into the world. Thank you for being on today. Oh, this is there's no place I'd rather be. Thank you for having me on my very special book birthday. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. You know, since you've been on last, well, you were on with Liz, cooking with Liz. Yeah. But Liz has become the unexpected cook in our family. So, <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's because I'm not tired of it, Claire, because I haven't been doing it my whole life. It's all new to me. All new to me. So, exactly. so thank you for some of the guidance you've provided on cooking with Liz. Sure. <laughs> All right. How are you doing now? Let's start with just general, like how you're in Canada. So how are you guys doing over the last six months with this whole pandemic and lockdown? Has it, how are you, how's your family? Has it changed your routines any in terms of dinner? Um, it has. Yeah. So we're, everybody's safe and healthy, which is fine. I miss my parents. They live about five hours away, so we haven't been able to see them. Um, and I have an eight-year-old son. Uh, so it's it, a lot of the pandemic has been mitigating his boredom, uh, anxiety, uh, and our parental frustration with having a, a, a jerk in the house 24 <laughs> hours a day. Um, Isn't that nice, mom? That's I know. He's a, he's a real sweetheart. If only he can, if only you can miss him. Uh, but <laughs> school did start for us. So he went back into real school about um, two weeks ago, um, you know, masks on and protocols in place. So that has been a fantastic and wonderful change. But when it comes to dinner, I mean, now, geez, we, we do, we've always had dinner together almost every night, the three of us, my husband, Michael and Thomas and, and I. And this was not really any different. The only difference was that we got really bored of each other really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about. And at one point in May, um, Michael, my husband, he'd spent all of his free time designing and building a shed in our backyard, which is great. Great to have a husband pandemic project. And Thomas had been playing this video game called Minecraft for hours oh, on yeah. end. Mm -hmm. And so we were sitting at the table and all Thomas could talk about was Minecraft and all Michael could talk about was the shed. And I said, that's it. No, we're not having, there shall be no more words on either of these two subjects. And literally we ate in silence. <laughs> else to say to each other. Oh boy. Um, 
But, you know, I'm really grateful that we've always had the dinner ritual to kind of lean on. It was already in place for us. So no matter what the day throws at us, you know, timeouts, uh, uh, you know, rising case numbers, whatever it is, we've always been able to at least come to the table and have some pleasant time together every day. Yeah, I mean, you, you're a real dinner ritual evangelist, really. I mean, there's a reason you just wrote a book called Dinner Uncomplicated, and that that started years ago, not, you know, not since the pandemic. So what is special? Minecraft conversations aside, and I know, believe me, oh my gosh, <laughs> as a mother, your brain, the video game conversation, it's just a tune out. You just yeah. could not care less about one. <laughs> right, <honestly>. right. <laughs> um, but why is the dinner ritual important? Well, it's it's amazing that this sort of regular, um, very uh, relatively boring, somewhat banal thing that we do every day, which is eat dinner, actually is the opportunity for us as a family to connect with each other in a really low stakes, kind of easy breezy way. We do it every day. You don't have to have a serious conversation, obviously, since all we talked about was Minecraft. <laughs> but it's like an anchor to the day. We It's, it's something that we know is going to happen every day. It's predictable. And we're there. And yeah, if big things are uh, happening, if we all have big emotions, they usually come out of the dinner table. Uh, you know, we talk about logistics of the family and all that other stuff. And also, we just kind of enjoy each other's company, which can seem uh, difficult when you're living with somebody, two other people, 24 hours a day locked up. But the other thing is that when you look at the kind of wider, um, bigger, broader benefits of dinner, it actually will make you healthier and happier in five big aspects of life. Your mental health, it'll be really good for your for your um, calmness and your de-stressing. Uh, it's good for your physical health because if you're eating something home-cooked, it doesn't matter how greasy and fried it is, it's going to be better for you than packaged food. It's better for your financial health because you're saving money. It's better for the planet. Um, and it's really amazing for those family relationships. Uh, I remember one time hearing a parenting expert uh, describe the best kind of parenting as the, I think the potted plant parent. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of this. Maybe I heard it from you. Um, <laughs> that like the ideal parent is kind of there. The kid always knows that you're there just like a potted plant, but you don't really say much um, until they come to you and ask. And so that's a lot of what dinner is like for us. Um, but also, again, it's just that peaceful, predictable place that we know we're going to meet every single day. Have you been happy to see this renaissance then? I mean, people have literally been forced to cook at home. So has uh, it been a surprise to you? Does it delight you or make you laugh when you see people <laughs> posting <laughs> some really basic stuff on Facebook like they just cooked a four-star Michelin dinner? <laughs> I, I totally love it. Like I, with all of the negative, horrible things that COVID has brought us aside, I love that it's sort of reset everybody. And, uh, you know, I, it used to make me so mad when people would say either I don't have time to cook or I don't know how to cook. And I would think, well, my goodness me, we've been as humans, we've been doing this for thousands of generations. Of course, you know how to cook. It's in your DNA. So uh, dig deep and and figure it out. And honestly, make a grilled cheese sandwich like it's fine. Um, so on the one hand, it's been sort of like, fantastic, you're finally here where I am. And at the same time, I also experienced the exhaustion of it all. Oh, my gosh, uh, another right. dinner to me. Um, we have no relief, right? Like No dinner parties, no birthday parties for my kid to go to, no restaurant night out. So um, it can be a bit of a slog. And I completely appreciate that because I feel it, too. You know, the tagline for your book is so funny. It's uh, it's 2 p.m. Do you know what you're making for dinner? I mean, I... <laughs> Really, really. Oh, that made gosh. me laugh. My husband asked me that at six a.m. in the morning. What are we having for dinner tonight? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> my oh. husband will ask me that about like what are we having for dinner on Saturday he's so excited about it <laughs> but it's like it's this low volume stress I call it of every day you've got to make dinner and right. yeah if you don't know what you're going to make and you know for many women especially the responsibility usually falls on us um, then it just feels like yet another thing you have to do so how can we alleviate that stress the book is chock full. I mean, it's a complete it's a complete strategy on how to manage dinner. So not only is it like 95 really good recipes and we've all been cooking them all week, Claire, so we're going to talk about a few, but you also have like the meal planning and the types and you have a million ideas in there and the very basic thing you added a flap onto the front of the book, you know? <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's the little things, isn't it? It's life-changing. So you can flap the recipe you're cooking. So when you have to keep opening the book, it's there. I was like, she thought of everything. And we also bound it in certain way that it will actually lie a bit more flat on the counter than my previous book. So I heard people saying the book doesn't lie flat and that's annoying. And the last thing I want to do is be annoying. Okay, Claire, Claire, even I noticed that, that it laid open because I am not, you won't be surprised to know, I'm not one of those people that owns a like cookbook holder, you know, <laughs> that's, right. that's all right. Not yet, not yet. Not yet. I'm not this this on is the coming. blower after this. I've got crate and barrel on the blower to order that, yeah. So <laughs> the fact that it would just lay flat in the flap, Lee, and I noticed that too. But it's, it's funny, I mean, you guys have been cooking most nights for most of your life. For me, I am still appreciating just the, the pleasure of having something to do at the end of the day, but more also the, because I'm still trying to live by my cooking with Liz rule of only going to the store once a week to just, I've been forced to plan ahead and think ahead. So you have all of these types of cooks, uh, which I think we're going to review the types that you have here, but I've gone from being, let me say, I think a wing nut is what, uh, <laughs> Oh my God. I've gone from being a wing nut, which is a one meal at a time winger, uh, to being a semi. So I'm semi planning and I'm enjoying that kind of personal growth, Claire. So, <laughs> and your, and your cookbook definitely helps me do that. Everybody loves to be able to officially leave the wing nut category, you know? <laughs> yeah. So describe that you have the different types of plant meal planners. You have the batcher, the mm -hmm. semi, the camper so, and the wing nut. So what, so what are some of the characteristics? Well, this was the thing I realized pretty early on when I was writing this book. And I knew I wanted to write a book that was exactly, as you said, chock full of every kind of tool I could think of to make uh, that, uh, that daily dinner ritual easier, more fun, um, less stressful. And I realized fairly early on that meal planning was a pretty important piece, which was really bad because I hate meal planning. Like, don't <laughs> tell me what to do. I Even if it's me telling me what to do, I don't know. By Thursday, I'm ripping up that meal plan and winging it. So I did a ton of research research into different ways that you can approach the, the 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 concept of meal planning, the concept of planning something out so that you can relieve that um, low volume daily stress. Yeah, so there are five types. The first type, the classic, is what we probably think of with meal planning. Um, you just write down a recipe for every night that you're going to uh, be eating at home. 
you go out, you do your shopping, you stick to the plan, everything's great. Uh, you know, you start all over again in two weeks. So that's one way, um, which is great for people who have like, you know, organized schedules, uh, predictable schedules. Um, but then for anybody who maybe struggles with authority <laughs> or or maybe has a slightly more uh, unpredictable schedule, um, there are a few other ways. There's the camper system, which is very common. People love the camper system. It's based on the summer camp model. So every night of the week has a theme or a protein. So you have yeah. vegetarian like night, uh, yeah. pizza night, one pot wonder night, chicken night. Mm. So very so the the themes can repeat, and I usually recommend like a two week um, uh, series. But then the individual recipe can be different. So maybe on pizza night, sure, one night you're having a Hawaiian pizza. Maybe then the next time you're having pizza night, it's like a Turkish manakish flatbread kind of a thing, or a calzone or something like that. So you're staying within the theme, but you're at least being creative and and switching it up with your recipes. Then there's the batcher, and the batcher is somebody who can take some time in at some point during the week, usually on a weekend, to stock the freezer, uh, yeah. either with ready meals or with the building blocks for meals. And for people who, um, you know, have truly have zero time, who have long commutes or have, you know, meetings that go right up until dinner time, and the kids come home and they're screaming, that's a really good system to use. And I, I actually think everybody should have a touch of batcher in them because it's so nice to have something <laughs> waiting yeah. for you in the oh, freezer. Yeah. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, and yeah. you know, you know what I learned though, Claire, about myself. I like having like the supplies in the freezer, like the some pork chops in there or something. But I don't like making food and then freezing it. It that's just like it just feels like old leftovers to me. So it's just not <laughs> not my thing. No, and who wants to eat old leftovers? And honestly, especially yeah. if you're if you're on your own cooking for yourself, what are you going to do? Make a pot of chili and then eat it for sixteen straight days? No way. Exactly. Thank no you good. for understanding. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> I feel the same way. Yes. So that's why there's a whole section in the book. There's a whole chapter, which I call the Sunday stash, where uh, I've given you a sort of instructions on how to make the four really basic building blocks for meals. Um, Big batches of cooked whole grains, a parsley pesto, a bolognese sauce, um, and a really lovely brothy beans. But then you don't just have to eat that out of the freezer. I give you, I'm giving you three different ways to use it. So three different meals you can make with this one building block. Because it's a great it's a, section. I, oh, I, I love that. I love it too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, Liz, you said you're a semi, which is a great intro to meal planning. So you just pencil in a few nights a week. Um, and like you said, if you've got the supplies on hand and you want to make pork chops tonight, or maybe you don't, uh, you can uh, right. make that decision. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the the beloved wing nut. Uh, we've all been a wing nut at some point in our lives. You just cook on a whim. Uh, you've got no idea, uh, but you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the days, right, Jewel, when we could be wing nuts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we made some, we made some meals. Uh, Julie, do you want to, do you want to talk about the meal you made from your wonderful book, cookbook, Dinner Uncomplicated? What'd you make, Joel? I, I made the covered uh, dish. I made the pad thai shrimp with noodles. You know, I loved it. I love that you have so many international flavors in this uh, cookbook and that's really uh, fun. But this was a delicious recipe. I lived in Thailand for five years, Claire, so I'm I'm very fond of Thai food. And it was just easy to assemble, but it had a nice, fresh taste to it, which I loved. So, oh, uh, I'm so glad. Yeah, no, it would t- I really had a, a fresh taste to it. That was good. I substituted out 
I went with some big, fat, sweet Texas Gulf shrimp instead of the little shrimp you called. Well, that's allowed. Where I live, it's the small shrimp is what I can get. If I live near Texas or in Texas, then I would certainly use those as well. (laughs) Okay. But it was, I'm so glad it, you said that because I also have been to Thailand many times and I find when you're there, the food just tastes fresher and brighter and zingier and zestier. So I really wanted to capture that with that. Recipe. Yeah, that it had a great flavor. So that was that I'm that's going in rotation for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm kind of a camper. Uh, that would be my style. I, uh, so I'm definitely going to put it on the sort of semi-permanent rotation to do that dish. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. I made the pork chops, which has long been a challenge of mine. Uh, that pork chop recipe is a dinner because it's is a winner because it's so easy to dry out pork chops and yours was just easy and done because I make another pork chop recipe from fine cooking magazine. That is like 82 steps and 36 <laughs> plate, you know, and it's my kids, great. Mike, it's, oh, it's great. The kids love it. It's their favorite meal. But I'm like, I just don't have enough. It's, I just don't have enough four hours to devote to these pork chops tonight for dinner. So yours is fantastic. That little touch of sweet vermouth at the end. Oh my gosh. That's what you do. I like, you take a basic, but you add just a little bit of something that makes it great. And then the, the turkey burger recipe. Again, I, I can't eat a lot of red meat anymore. So I eat a lot of turkey and it does also dry out. And Oh my gosh, your turkey burger recipe is delicious. So thank you very much, Claire. You are welcome. I am. I was determined with that turkey burger. And I will tell you, it took a lot of tests to get that right because... I found the same thing. Like it doesn't, it didn't have flavor. It was kind of rubbery. Um, and so I wanted to make it really, really delicious and juicy, but without 86 steps. Yeah. Um, so I tried, I tried mixing in everything. I scoured the internet for every crazy <laughs> turkey burger hack out there. Um, and then it turned out that the secret was actually using a generous amount of Dijon mustard. Yes. Uh, which is so interesting because, but it doesn't taste mustardy. I don't think you no. would say. Yeah. No. It just tastes really rich and uh, and juicy. Yeah, wow. no, we got the whole family on it. Regular yeah. rotation, the, the really juicy <laughs> okay. turkey burger. All right. And Dijon mustard is the kind of thing I even have. So that's good. <laughs> okay, <You know>. Liz. <laughs> well, no this weird ingredients. For, yeah, it's been a life changer for me to just actually have a pantry, Claire, you know, or what I call Liz's larder, mm-hmm. things on hand that I never would have had in the old days. So I made your tandoori-ish chicken. Because, as you know from watching Cooking with Liz, my slogan is peace and sauce. And that had such a good-looking yogurt marinade thing as part of the recipe. It's like, okay, I got to get on top of that. And that is delicious. But it had an ingredient, smoked paprika mm-hmm. in there, right? So it was, it's not traditional tandoori flavor. It has a little more kick, which I enjoyed. But the old Liz... The pre-pandemic list would have said, I'm not going to go buy smoked paprika. I'll never use that again. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm cooking, I thought, well, I will use it again <laughs> if I make this dish again. So it's worth the investment in some of these supplies. So I bought the smoked paprika. I made the whole thing exactly as you told me to make it. And it was really, really delicious. So thank you again for elevating my game. Uh, the smoked paprika really elevated that whole situation. Thank you. So glad. So <laughs> Smoked paprika is actually one of my eight essential spices. I went this, like, a couple of years ago. I kind of did this deep dive into my spice drawer, um, which is absolutely rammed with a million things, as you can probably imagine. Um, and I was like, OK, what are the can I get it to under 10 of the essential spices that I use again and again and again? 
And smoked paprika kept coming up. So if you keep cooking through the book, you're going to find lots of uses for smoked paprika. And okay. sure, sure, if anybody's, anybody listening is like, uh, there's no smoked paprika in Indian curries, Claire. Oh, I know. Don't worry. But yeah. I got the idea. I was teaching a cooking class at our local community college. And I had two students who were Indian. They had just moved to Canada from India. And they said, you know, we were talking about tandoori chicken and how wonderful it is and how hard it is. And they said, oh, you've got to use smoked paprika in it because that's what gives it the smokiness that we miss in North America because we don't cook it in the tandoor. So thank you to V and Rajesh for Mm -hmm. getting me onto the smoked paprika. But again, smoked paprika, not scary. And you will use a ton of it. Okay. Well, Well, I... I own it now, so yes, I'm going to. <laughs> Leah, look for that on the Thanksgiving table. Liz is going to show up. Uh-oh. Okay. Some smoked paprika, like butternut squash. Good combo. You know, Claire, you're actually offering an online what to make for dinner class, right? I, I noticed that. What's happening there? People can tune in and sign up for that if they're really looking to up their game. They certainly can. I am going to be every other week uh, on a Tuesday, I'm going to be making, uh, well, I'm going to be making dinner. Um, And if you sign up for it, I actually kind of got this idea from you, Leanne, from your virtual book clubs. I thought, you know what, let's steal an idea from Leanne. She seems smart. (laughs) Yeah. uh, so if you sign up, because um, I want people to really show up, it's not just going to be like a Facebook Live, it'll actually be a Zoom link, and um, you show up, and you'll get the recipe in advance, and so you can, if you want, go out and buy all the ingredients, and then come and uh, cook along with me, and we'll make dinner together, and it'll be every other Tuesday, and I think we're actually just going to start at page one, and go through the book page by page. Oh my gosh, wow. that's a really fun idea. Well, I again, I think people are really looking for things to do. And as we know, you know, from Satellite Sisters contest, look what I did. People are cooking a lot, but they're expanding their repertoires. That sounds fun. Have do you have some people have signed up already? You got some p- folks tuning well, in? Oh my gosh get it organized Leanne so that's actually on my to-do list for the rest okay. of today <laughs> so please tune in I will keep you posted I will post in the Facebook group when that is all locked and loaded and ready to go but I was having some trouble with Eventbrite yesterday and uh, you know sometimes okay. technological challenges they they can slow you down I I hear you I mean dinner's one thing but crowdcast is another I know all new skills you're learning all new skills with this book launch because I'm sure you had a whole different plan in mind but I gotta tell you the book is great it's like a must read if you're looking just to expand even if you're thinking I can't cook dinner again till January 1st no you could do it if you buy this book it's gonna it's gonna uh, give you inspiration to up your game we're gonna put yep. some of, uh, we're gonna put the tandoorious chicken and the juicy turker, turkey burger recipes in our newsletter this week. So make sure you're subscribed to Pep Talk. Um, Claire, thank you so much for being on. It's always fun to talk to you. What are you making? I mean, I know it's your pub date, so maybe you're ordering out tonight. But what are you making for dinner tonight? What, no, what's, what's happening? Got, uh, yeah, I've got the uh, chicken taco chili actually in the slow cooker right now. Um, okay. I can't okay. tell you what page. It's in the it's in the, it's in the set it and forget it chapter. Yes. Um, and I I love it and it's really easy. Um, we had the caramelized onion and sausage orecchietti last night. Uh, I'm pretty much oh, forcing my so forcing good. my family to just eat through the book um but that's okay because they're happy to do that yeah that's a lucky family well claire we wish you all the best come back anytime okay so wonderful to be here thanks for having me
Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed, so it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SADSISTERS. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right, we're back. Whew, here we go. That was fun to talk to Claire. She's always oh, so she's lively. So, yes, she's, she's an inspiration. Because also she makes... She makes things simple. Everything in that book, it's, you know, even if it's a little stretch for me, like it's not a million different pans and ingredients and things. It's actual dinner you can make after a day of working. So, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So if you want to get those uh, recipes, please subscribe to Pep Talk, our weekly newsletter. Those will be in this week's newsletter. Um, Also coming up, we have Locktober, right? So next... (laughs) Next week, October starts, but it's Locktober at Satellite Sisters. We're just going to give you a few extra uh, interviews to help get you through October. Okay, we all need a little bit more right now, and we got it for you, Locktober. So we're going to be talking to a therapist on goal setting now and grief and loss. We have Michael Ian Black, the comedian, coming on to talk about his new book, A Better Man, a mostly serious letter to my sons. We have experts coming on to talk about relationships, friendships, getting through the holidays with your family, what to do about the holidays. So we're bringing it in October, and we're calling it Locktober. So if you haven't subscribed yet or you feel like you need a little extra help, we're there for you starting next week, Locktober. That sounds so fun. But you know, Leanne, you know what today is? It's the it's the end of our contest. Sat sisters, look what I did. I'm both excited because you're going to announce the winners, but I'm a little bit sad that that it's over because it's been so delightful. And I wanted to give a particular shout out this week to Andy 
who posted she had gave up coloring her hair. Uh, Carrie and her dog went hiking, so that has been good. Kathy made a playhouse for her granddaughter, and I'm a little bit jealous because it's pretty darn good. Uh, did you see that? Okay, <laughs> no. Wendy's been in a virtual choir. That sounds good. Oh, and Wendy. Jay yeah. Tomsick, she got herself a pair of animal print Rothy shoes, <laughs> and she loves them. Okay. <laughs> Holly has been painting kindness rocks and leaving them around her neighborhood. How wonderful is that? And Margie, Irish step dancing. Did you see that? <laughs> oh, I saw oh my that. God. I, I, Inspiration. It is. I almost, I've always wanted to learn how to do Irish step dancing. I didn't do that. So it has been just a, a wonderful month of gardeners and knitters and organizers and bakers and glassmakers and teachers, essential workers and quilters and painters and remodelers and caregivers and dancers and weavers and cooks and puzzlers and walkers and runners and hikers. We just want to thank you all because you have brightened our day with your beautiful pictures and notes and you've inspired us all. And I hope you have enjoyed it as much as we have. Yes, and we have the prizes, too, for the people. Remember, we told you that one winner from the Facebook group and one winner from Instagram was going to get a bag of Satellite Sisters merch. So I ordered this, like, I don't know, weeks ago. I had completely forgotten about it until <laughs> yesterday I walked into the lobby of my building and there were all of these boxes for me. I'm like, it's like... Christmas in September, what is happening here? And I realized it, it was all the prizes I had ordered uh, for the people who are the winners. So I have a whole like beautiful Satellite Sisters bag here in front of me. And among the things that are in here, you're going to get like a Satellite Sisters hat. There's a Satellite Sisters apron, of course. Nice. We were just talking to Claire and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, uh, now that I've become a chef, um, we have a... We <laughs> still shocking, still shocking. Uh, we have a Satellite Sisters travel mug, which I think is totally suitable for traveling from your kitchen to your living room and to your bedroom. There's no law. There's no law that says you have to travel any further than that. Um, you're getting a copy of our book. Uh, you're the best, a celebration of friendship, because it's the perfect season for that. And Claire is giving you a copy of her book, the one we just talked to her about, Dinner Uncomplicated. So that's many of the things. That's not the complete list of what's in here, but this is this is a nice little bag of merch that the two of you, and remember, it was a random drawing, so we're not judging what you accomplished so far, because we love all of you. But two of you are getting this. I'll be very excited to actually figure out how I'm going to mail this. We'll right. I mean, if Liz <laughs> right. actually gets that to the post office, hashtag sad sisters, look what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys were reluctant to give me the responsibility, but I have all the merch. So, okay, I'm going to do it. No, I'm promising right here. I'm actually, I'm going to get this done. Okay, all right. Our winners. Why wait? Our winners. I pulled them this morning in a random drawing. Congratulations from Facebook. The winner is Mary Ann Lee. Now, Mary Ann Lee was one of the bakers out there. But uh, she said the first accomplishment was to obtain some yeast. You did it. And then she made a batch of Finnish cardamom bread using Grandma Elsa's recipe. Oh, okay. She I made eight that. beautiful braided loaves. And she loved them. She said, especially toasted with strawberry jam. Mary Anley, beautiful bread. Yeah. Thank wow. you for posting. You are a winner from Facebook. 
I think Marianne is from Portland, if I if I did my research correctly, Portland, Oregon. And from the other side of the country, the Instagram winner, Susan Luscombe, she actually walked part of the Appalachian Trail in New Hampshire. So uh-huh. Susan, you are our Instagram winner. Uh, it pains me to give it to a hiker. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love when other people hike. I'm glad they enjoy that. Uh, But uh, she posted a fun photo of a trail sign from the Appalachian Trail over there on Instagram. And she will also be getting the swag bag. Uh, So that includes the Satellite Sisters merchandise, a copy of You're the Best, and a copy of Dinner Uncomplicated. Thanks to Claire for contributing those. So that's it. So, Julie, you're cooking up another idea around the holidays. So stay tuned. Around the holidays, yes. We're going to have another contest to brighten our days. So uh, and there will be more merch, Liz. Do you get that memo? So get Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. start ordering right now. Yeah. Well, we're going to have some new holiday merch. I'm not ready to announce it yet, but mm, there's some new products coming to the Satellite Sister store. Okay. <laughs> Liz, good work. Good job, Liz. You really. Okay. Got nothing else to do, Leanne. Just, yep. That's what I'm working on. That's what I do here all day. <laughs> okay. All right, a few minutes left. We're going to go with Entertaining Sisters. Um, okay, I want to recommend an audiobook. I just finished The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Uh, it's gotten a lot of press this summer. I don't know if either of you have read it. Liz or Julie, have you read it yet? I have no, not read, read it. I've read about it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a sexy Agatha Christie tale. It takes place on this windswept island at this fancy celebrity wedding uh, off the coast of Ireland. And uh, I listened to the audiobook, and the reason the audiobook was great was because um, the story is told from like six different points of view. And so they had six different narrators. Like it was really oh, easy to idea. understand, you know, what was happening because you got the different voices and there are all these great Irish and English accents. And it was super compelling. Just a like an 11 hour audiobook, which to me, that's like the ideal amount of time. And uh, I just couldn't put it down. I was thinking of reasons to walk around with my earbuds and to listen to the book in the house. So uh, big twist. It's just a great ending. Really fun. Uh, it is a book for grownups. So uh, it's like a sexy Agatha Christie. So I'm just saying there's language. And also because it's British, there's just so much drinking. So if there's, <laughs> you know, those British, you're I like, know. how are any of these people standing? I mean, <laughs> do they drink? I, I don't understand. Uh, so if that's not, if that's not your thing, uh, you might want to pass, but if you can stand both, you know, a little bit of language and, uh, a lot of gin and tonic, then, uh, you would enjoy the guest list by Lucy Foley. And then my son Colin and I have finally watched, uh, the last dance, the documentary series just appeared on Netflix. It's the one ESPN films did about, um, Michael Jordan. Oh, I Liz, have you seen this? I did. I watched it when it was on ESPN because it was obviously the talk of the internet. And uh, yeah. it's really, really good. Very, very behind the scenes, which I liked. Super behind the scenes. Like they mm-hmm. shot everything. And those are the, be- those are the best sequences. And mm-hmm. I just, you forgot a couple of things I forgot. What a tremendous basketball player Michael Jordan was. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> so good. And uh, how incredibly competitive he is. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and vindictively competitive in a great way. Like it just like, if you said something in the press, anti Mike, oh, he was coming for you the next game. I mean, I, I, or in practice or it didn't matter where he was coming for. So, um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was thinking, didn't he have something bigger to worry about or no, 
<laughs> he never did. Beating you, whoever you were, was always the biggest thing he ever worried about. So you got to love that. It's true. And then I almost, like, of course, I remember the whole baseball sojourn, but yeah. I had forgotten some of the details. And, uh, and again, uh, he blames Sports Illustrated for ending his baseball career because they wrote an, un, you know, an unauthorized cover story about how he should just hang it up and he's an embarrassment. And he has never spoken to Sports Illustrated again. So I like that. I mean, that's... <laughs> you like people who hold yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> Just get yourself a good grievance or two and then stick with it. Yeah, yeah man. So <laughs> it's 10 episodes. It could be seven, but it's very thorough. Uh, so, you know, I know, Julie, you mentioned the time sports continuum. And yes. it's, it's odd that the basketball finals are happening now. I, but it would... They're happening, too, along with football. Yeah, it's throwing yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Liam, it's funny what you say about the length, because I heard a long interview with the executive producers and it w- I think it was supposed to be seven. And at the last minute, ESPN told them, we really need 10 episodes from you. So you put your finger on it, sister. They had to <laughs> they had to stretch it. It had they had not intended it to be that many episodes. Yeah. But so it's very thorough is what yeah. I would say. But there's some extraordinary behind the scenes footage. And he was quite a player. And the game of basketball has changed a lot in 20 years as they like no longer call fouls or traveling or anything like that. So when you see Michael Jordan play, you're like, oh, they're actually playing the game there. It's great. So uh, anyway, I enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. Okay, well, at at the other end of the entertainment spectrum from grievances played out on uh, on a basketball court. Remember last week I said I was on the search for all things nice for entertainment that would be fun to watch or listen to, but would provide an emotional lift and some positivity without just being like sweet and soft. And I got to say, I know I'm late to the party, but nothing fits that description better than the great British baking show oh my god these people's your transformation is <laughs> is it's just so complete okay just mark this date land okay okay I think mean... back of all the things like you've been doing this a long time and liz is all in on the great british baking show it's unbelievable you get a handshake for that liz yeah <laughs> Everyone is having so much fun with each other, you know? know, it's just so sweet and so nice. And, you know, it's uh, the judges and the hosts. I like the way they tease each other, you know, Paul and Prue and I don't know the guy, the guy in the funny shirts. I don't know what his name is, but he's so weird. I like that. I like, and the, you know, the contestants support each other. So I watched it because the new season just started. So I watched the beginning of the new season and then, but then there was nothing else. So I actually went back, started another season and every night I'm just giving myself a little dose of the great British baking show. And there, there are loads <laughs> of seasons. So there's plenty of time there to do that. I'm even adopting some of their language sisters. I have decided that... <laughs> I have I have now just started calling uh, Hooper Showstopper. I'm like, okay, Showstopper, here we go. Time time okay. to go for a walk, Showstopper. So yeah, too much time alone? I don't know. You be the judge. I don't know. Okay, Liz, <laughs> we're happy for you. It's it's time well spent. It is. And you know what I like about watching it? Um, is that they, almost at no part like it doesn't make me hungry. There's I no. can't bake, and I'm never baking any of those 
things. So it's just uh, when I watch Top Chef, I get hungry and I feel like eating and cooking afterwards. But no, it's just it's like they could be making sculptures out of metal. Like I can't yeah. do that either. So <laughs> I love so it. It's good. Doesn't well, most, of the, most of those showstoppers don't even look that appealing to me as food, right. but they are quite an achievement. So, right. so good for them. Well, Liz, we welcome you. Thank we you. welcome you to uh, the fandom of the Great British Baking Show. Um, okay, we would like to thank. I guess that's it. Do do uh, do people have to do to dos? I guess we <laughs> forgot okay, to well, put that in the rundown. I have so one. Tuned. I have one, okay. which is uh, you know, you know, I've now developed this very deep personal relationship with my pharmacist. You know, it's right. the first with my flu shot. Uh, I went back and got my shingle shot. Uh, on the advice of my doctors, because I know several people in the Facebook group were worried about that. My doctor said it was okay. Got that. And while I was getting my shingles shot, my uh, pharmacist, my new best friend, she said, well, maybe you'd like to get the pneumonia shot too. So that's what I'm working on this week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, Julie. I have, is, I have one, item, one item for this. We've been talking about all this food and all this prep. I, I haven't picked my uh, presidential debate menu yet, sister. Oh. Okay. Like, so what uh, what is the perfect thing to be eating and drinking during tonight's huh. whatever that turns out to be? <laughs> whatever. So whatever. Good luck. <laughs> I think you just don't want a whole bottle of anything in front no. of you because that <laughs> might be too tempting. You maybe things that you throw are not a good idea. I don't know. So I haven't picked my my debate menu. All right. Well, I have exciting news that our dance teacher is now doing. In-home lessons. He's coming to our house. Now, we're not touching and we're staying six feet apart, but we're off of Zoom and we'll be doing, uh, I'll be doing the rumba outside later on this week. So Perfectly and good for you. Good for you. Just got to keep on dancing. Just got to keep on dancing. All right. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering the show. And thanks to all of the Satellite Sisterhood and Misterhood for supporting our sponsors. It's what makes it possible for us to carry on and do this. And we'd like to thank Claire Tanzi for being our guest today. Claire's book is Dinner Uncomplicated. Everything you need about the show, you can find in the show notes there on your app, or you can go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com. Liz puts everything in the show notes. All right, sisters, have a great week. You too. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.